You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. This is another uh, weird week, Taylor. Um, yeah, end of summer. I, <laughs> not I much like, happening. <laughs> I like pinched my back at the grocery store on Ooh. Saturday. And so like all Saturday, I just was laying on my back mm. uh, on the couch. So already I was kind of like, ah, I think it's going to be a streaming weekend. And then that really confirmed for me. <laughs> there's just nothing really new out, first of all. Like there's not much happening. And this is the kind of, we've seen this, we've talked about it other years. The end of summer lull before, you know, even in September, you're not going to see much. Like it's not really until October that you start getting, okay, now it's the like awards bait movies are going to start to come out in October and November. And you'll get a couple more blockbusters in November and you'll get a couple things for the holidays in December. And that's when it really starts hitting you with awards movies. So this is just the lull that exists, um, which is, is good because timing at least because September, we have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we got some great content coming out, but it's in terms of this week and next week, I have no idea what to watch. Slow. It's slow. <laughs> it's very you know, slow. Like I saw a couple of headlines, of course, classic, 2022 i didn't read the articles but i saw a couple of headlines saying that the studios <coughs> the studios don't have things to release did mm-hmm. you have you seen those headlines and it's i like, have yeah i didn't need a newspaper to tell me that based on <laughs> it's so like, obvious like what a waste of a headline it's so obvious yeah. that studios don't have anything to release if you just there's like nothing the there's nothing like it's still this thing that's sort of running right now at least in like the multiplex is still you know bullet train and you've got everything everywhere all at once and you've got thor and all these movies that i've either seen or have like less interest in going to see so except i am now because of your recommendation my next trip to the vip cinema probably this coming weekend for the long weekend i'll probably see bullet train not to that, review because you've already gone through it but just to watch in vip that would be a good movie for like talk when we had katie on like what's an appropriate mm-hmm. movie for vip and she said everything yeah. but this to me <laughs> <Yes>. like bullet <laughs> train. <laughs> i disagree with her on that i disagree with her on that, that like, should be one of our ratings top rating vip worthy is that yeah. <laughs> That would um, be the top one. Bullet Train would be a very good VIP movie going That's kind experience. of the sense. Yeah, that's the sense that I'm getting. So that's probably what I'll do. But in terms of what's a review next week, I kind of am just looking. I So the movie I'm reviewing this week, I randomly came across because a YouTube reviewer that I really like reviewed it. Um, and I was like, oh, what's this movie? I've never heard of this movie. And, and I watched it just because of that. So see, reviews do help people sure. find movies. You talk about a movie, people will go, oh, Mike, I've never heard of that. Mike, I feel like they're not even marketing the movies that are coming out. Like, when I go to the Cineplex website, see what's coming out on Friday, I'm like, I've literally never heard of this movie. You know what's interesting about marketing, too? Because the one of the things that I noticed, like, for this week, if last week our theme was the number 13, 
this week is our theme should be like relatively well-known people are doing a movie and it didn't really get much marketing because even day shift i i jamie fox is a huge star and i didn't hear like almost nothing about that movie and snoop dogg and snoop dogg's in we'll see there you go like that's those are huge (laughs) huge names and even like okay so bj novak wrote and directed the movie that I saw, which like some people will know him from the office, but like Aston Kutcher's in it. Like yeah. these aren't, these aren't nobodies. These are people. So it's, yeah, it's very, it's very strange that they're, they're not even getting any marketing right now. So did you go to the theaters to see Vengeance? No, actually I rented it um, off of Amazon Prime. So again, like it's not even in. Theaters. Oh, it's not even in. I, no, no. Yeah. I, it's not even in the movie theaters with <laughs> me. No. I'm so confused. I just don't know what's happening. Like, at least, like, in past summers, like, yeah, August, end of August, lull, I get it. But, like, you knew about the movies that were coming out. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like the studios are like, nope, we don't have anything, and we're not even going to tell you about the stuff we do have. Good luck. Yeah, like, nothing's even opening this. Like, usually there's a movie that opens every weekend. Like, that's just normal. It's like, every week, oh, here's the movie. And the new movie that I see, the one I don't recognize, is 3,000 Years of Longing. I've never even heard of that. With Tilda Swinton. So that's that Tilda Swinton? Yeah. (laughs) I've heard um, of it. I, Idris Elba, I, Idris, Idris Elba. Oh, is Idris Elba in it? Oh, okay. Because yeah. he's in, he's also in another movie. Idris Beast. Elba's in Beast right now. Yeah, which is what opened a week or two ago. Which before I got sick, I thought, oh, I'll go see Beast, and never. Got, I have almost no interest in seeing it. I just thought, oh, this is the new movie. And there was another new movie um, that came to the Cineplex here in Kingston, The Invitation. Oh, okay, I've heard of The Invitation. Is- I, I knew a little bit about it, but like not enough to be like, oh, I'm dying to see it. You know what I mean? So if, if Til- not- so you're saying Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba are in this whatever years of longing movie? Yeah. That, I, I might go they, see it. Like that's two pretty good stars. Like I might go see He that. essentially plays a genie, but they're not calling it a genie. It's like the um I'm forgetting the word, but it's from like Persian folklore. It's like that version of a genie um who like grants wishes so she like accidentally releases him and gets three wishes oh okay and it's i think george miller's directing it (laughs) very random again but why wouldn't they market like at least that's relatively like relatively well-known director and two pretty big stars and i have heard almost no marketing for that yeah i just keep seeing I know about it because it's being advertised, I think, on Instagram, maybe. Like, I keep seeing the same clip either kind on Kind of makes you think it sucks. Like, that's what it makes me think. It's like the movie's <laughs> going to be terrible because they have no faith in it. That's just what normally happens, right? Like, a studio doesn't have faith in a movie. And they they just don't spend – they don't want to spend any more money on it because they've already spent blank amount of money producing it. They don't want to spend marketing. Like, this is the only thing I can think of. And then another thing, like, I'm having the opposite problem right now with Don't Worry Darling, which I think that's what it's called. Olivia Wilde's new movie coming out in September. I saw oh, this. Oh, yes. That looks really good. So it looks really good, Mike, except for the last, like, two or three weeks, Olivia Wilde has been in the entertainment headlines for just, like, tomfoolery. 
Oh, and, what did she do? <laughs> and so, like, now it's like, I don't even really, everyone's like, we don't want to see the movie because whatever. So there's there's rumors that Olivia Wilde and Florence. Florence Pugh. Pugh. I always forget how to pronounce her last name. I want to say, like, Plow. <laughs> Florence, <laughs> Florence Pugh. Plow. <laughs> um, there's rumors that they are not getting along because mm. Florence is like essentially refusing to promote the movie. And so there's like behind the scenes rumors that the two of them didn't get along. Um, and then, you know, there's Olivia Wilde keeps making headlines because of how she was served custody papers. And she's saying like, Oh, he did it on Jason Sudeikis did it on purpose to embarrass me when like, Jason Sudeikis doesn't choose where people get served. Like, that's just, like, a legal thing. The servers go where you are. And then now she's... <laughs> this last week, it was Shia LaBeouf. She claimed that she fired Shia LaBeouf from the, um, from the original production because of his um, combustible, like, acting style and how after all of the allegations that came out afterwards about... Um, uh, with twigs like how he uh, abused twigs she's like well like I'm so glad I fired him because like now that I know what he did you know I'm all about creating a safe space so like already that's kind of a weird headline right like being like I didn't like I fired him before the abuse allegations came out but now I'm vindicated no, I'm fired, I'm right like <laughs> kind of like a weird that's like already like a weird headline and then that was like maybe two weeks ago. And then a week later, Shia LaBeouf, because he's doing um, press tours right now for his Padre Pio, Pio movie um, and may or may not have converted to Catholicism. So it's been all over the Catholic <laughs> social media world. So that's a whole other story. But he's now been like, no, 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 Olivia. I was not fired from the production. I quit and I have the receipts to prove it. And so he has oh. all of the screenshots of their text messages and like a video of him, of her like pleading for him to come back. He so he actually quit and left the production oh. because apparently um, she wasn't allowing it time for rehearsals. Like he wanted, I guess I don't know. I guess his acting style or whatever he wanted to he wanted to be able to rehearse with the other actors. And the way the production was going, there wasn't time for that. So he said, "I'm I'm quitting." Like. I don't like how you're filming the movie. And so now the, like, it's just so like that, that's what I've been following, like kind of against my will, because it's like all the, <laughs> all of the entertainment headlines. If it's not her talking about the, um, the, uh, the getting served papers or how, f you know, the drama, uh, the alleged drama with Florence, because Florence claimed that she was underpaid. I don't know, like, it's, like, I don't know if you've been following this, but it's juicy, and it's, like, Not to this wow. extent. No, I didn't know any of this stuff. I, I mean, I I had saw the Florence Pugh thing. Like, I had saw that she was claiming she was underpaid, um, yeah. which, um, you know, female stars in Hollywood are often underpaid. Um, but I don't know against who, though. Like, who else is in the movie who's Harry Harry Styles. So people are arguing that, who? like... Harry Styles from he's a, a a pop singer. Oh, is he is he a Jonas brother? No, he's a One Directioner, and that's One Direction, right, right. Mike, that's an added layer of drama because Olivia Wilde may may have or may not have cheated on Jason Sudeikis 
with Harry Styles during the filming of this movie. Ooh, it's more scandal. Yeah. Wait, so is Harry Styles like the big, I want to look up this movie because I don't remember from the trailer. Like she, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles are the two kind of leads in the movie? Yes. And then Chris Pine plays like the villain. Oh, right. Chris Pine's in it too. And Olivia Wilde. Like Olivia Wilde plays like Chris you know, Pine's maybe, Quid, wife. maybe Chris Pine's wife. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to tell from the trailer. Because yeah, because this is the movie where they're the, the Harry Styles then and Florence Pugh are moving into this neighborhood in like suburbia and it's really weird right like something it's not is going on. it's not so what 100%. it seems it yeah. kind of seems like stepford wives yeah it looks really good and all, everything you've told me has just made me more fascinated to see this movie as much as like this is some of this is like not great stuff and obviously uh some i think some egos and attitudes and personalities are conflicting here um which more often than not because like i don't think hollywood people or stars or actors are like more like vindictive than the average person. I just think they often have bigger egos and often have big personalities. So like I could see, I'm shocked this doesn't happen more often with people. Um, well, I mean, I guess people do often with films cheat on each other, but that type of stuff and personality conflicts and refusing to do this, refusing to do that, because you're getting like big name stars in a room and they all believe they're like top bill of yeah. everything. They so I are see that. They it's just, it sucks because Olivia Wilde was such a promising young director and all this garbage is, you know, some of it's self-inflicted, but all this garbage is now the thing that's going to be talked about more so than the movie, right? Like she, she was being looked at as like the next big director. Here's my, my take on like the, the latest headline, like the Shia stuff. It may have been one of those cases where, like, if you don't quit, we're going to fire you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, sure. Like, I'm, kind I'm of sure a, they're both somewhat accurate. Yeah. Yes. Like, you <laughs> yes. know, like, he said, she said, whatever. Um, but the thing is, like, I don't like how she conflated the abuse with, like, see, I was justified to fire him when it's, like, that stuff came to light afterwards. So like, you're really not in any kind of position to be commenting on that, that, do you know what I mean? Like to me, it's so weird that she was like, yeah. And after everything that came to light, clearly I was in the right. And it's like, she wants, yeah. Like she's trying to like get credit for doing something that she didn't do. Yeah. Like she's profiting off of the fact yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it was, like, really weirded me out. And then for Shia to be, like, I've done some really horrible things, but this is one thing that I didn't do. Yeah. I didn't get fired. So Yeah. Well, and that, again, that's, such, like, that even makes it look worse. Because even if it was a scenario where they were going to let him go anyway, and it was slightly more mutual or what have you, like, it looks bad. It looks like Olivia Wilde went, hmm everyone's going against Shia LaBeouf. Let me jump on here and I'll- Yeah, let me cash in. (laughs) Right? Like it's a hero move. And it sucks. Like why, I don't know, why would you do that? So weird. So anyways, um, as I said, it's the social media feeds are like, I'm not going to see this movie now. I'm with you, Mike. Like I want to see the movie more. Oh, I'm totally going. (laughs) Because apparently like everyone is really commenting on Harry Styles' acting. And they're like, he's only in the movie because he's sleeping with Olivia Wilde. And then other people Oh, are like, like negatively? Like he's not good? Yeah, or? like he's not good. He was in um, 
Dunkirk, but I didn't, you reviewed Dunkirk. I didn't see it. So I don't. I, I, I couldn't. Know. I mean, there were a lot of people in Dunkirk and there were a lot of younger soldiers. So I don't know. I can't pick. I don't know who he is. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't follow music that well, especially like pop music. But I mean, I know who One Direction is, but I don't, um, like, I couldn't pick him out of a crowd. I, I feel like if someone showed you a picture and you said, and they said, that's Harry Styles, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I'd be like, oh, he'd probably be able to be like, oh, yeah, he was in this, this. And yeah. That. Like, he has the recognizable, and he's on the cover of Rolling Stones right now. Like, he's pretty, and this is someone who, I don't know, I don't know any of the latest pop musicians, but, like, Harry Styles is everywhere. Like, I think you would see, if someone pointed and said, that's him, you'd be like, yes, okay. Are you sure he's not a Jonas brother? Because I thought they were the big thing. <sighs> that's, Because like one of the Jonas Ten years ago. A- Okay, but one of the Jonas Brothers is an actor. Like, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in the two Jumanji movies. He's done a bunch of stuff. What, the younger one? One One of them. And one of them is married to um, a Game of Thrones gal now. Oh, really? Oh, see? There you go. Which Game of Thrones gal? Oh, I think he's married to Sophie Turner. Yes. Sophie Turner is with one Jonas brother. No, I think this is another one. Again, I don't know their names, but one of the Jonas Brothers, maybe the middle one, acted in Jumanji. He was in the two Jumanji movies, but he's been in a few things. I've seen him in a couple. Mike, I will, I realize we got to actually start the real show. I will end. This is the real show. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any fan questions today. We got two movies to review. This, most of the show will be this. This is fascinating. I think this type of news is fascinating, especially because you're bringing up things that are all like kind of, you would think there'd be one controversy about a person and it would be one of the four things you just named that Olivia Wilde has done or happened to her. Um, and some, again, I'm saying some of it's self-inflicted, but I just think it's so wild that all these things are happening to her at one time. Like that just I, never happens. I don't want to like dog pile on her. Cause like that's some of the commentary is that like, Oh, if this was a man, you guys wouldn't be saying these things. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I you disagree know, with that. Not now. If this was I a man, think, she'd already be canceled. I think if this Olivia, was a man, she'd be done. She'd be finished. I think her problem is, foot and mouth disease you know like she just can't you can't (laughs) take her own foot out of her own mouth like if she just (laughs) didn't if she just didn't say these things you know you're right if she just didn't jump into that conversation do anything there would be nothing like the the whole thing between her and jason sudeikis is like super irrelevant because that's all like divorce and stuff and that's always messy and that there's always two sides to that story so that stuff to me is irrelevant but just don't talk about it like don't like oh like bringing it up like this is when he whatever served it's like yeah i don't think he chose when you got served i don't think that that's how that works um and even if he did yeah like unfortunately in some of these messy situations one person has to be the adult and has to take the high role it might have to be her but like yeah the, that's what i'm saying the, the shia labeouf thing that is self-induced nobody yeah. forced that problem onto her it, that was her and whatever's going on between her and florence Pugh, we'll just don't talk about it then like just don't bring it up don't 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 answer questions. Well, on that's it. what Florence you know, is doing. So she's I don't, not saying anything. She's not saying anything, which is what, you know, the media is horrible. They're interpreting her silence as like evidence they're in a fight. Uh, yeah. But like, apparently I don't follow her on any socials. Apparently she's like pretty active on social media and typically promotes other movies she's in. And so they're like, hmm, that's weird. She's not talking about this one you know 
But I don't know. I don't think you can. I don't think the fact that she's not saying anything is proof that there's a fight. No, it's just means she doesn't want to say anything. But I, I just, Taylor, I'm so fascinated to see this movie. Like, I was already kind of like, oh, that looks interesting. It looks good. And, it looks good. And now I'm even more enthralled to see it. And um, I really and I, like Florence Pugh. I think she's And a- this is what I'm, this is what I'm going to say. If Olivia Wilde is actually a very good director, I promise you, male, female, doesn't matter, They'll get through it because good content, I'm telling you, shuts everybody up. So make good things and people will talk about the good things as opposed to all this garbage. And yeah, maybe learn not to put your foot in your mouth. But if this movie's amazing, nobody is going to be talking about the controversy. They're just going to talk about how amazing the movie is. So, Mike, I don't know if you know, uh, sometimes when you're reading things on social media and people like you go down a rabbit hole, I was a bit on, I think it's because I was bedridden on Saturday. You were bedridden and you, oh, I... <laughs> you Taylor's just sitting there on <laughs> Twitter like just scrolling. The... Yeah, so <laughs> I guess there's a whole segment of the population who really doesn't like Olivia Wilde. I don't have an opinion on her. She was in House. She She's directed, in house. She directed Booksmart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all like, oh, this is just further, like the haters online. Oh, this is just further proof that Olivia will do anything to get ahead. She has no problem manipulating people, blah, 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 blah. It's book smart all over again. What's the story with her? I thought she just directed book smart, but the way that the haters are making it seem like she like stole that project from someone else or like. I never heard anything negative around book smart other than she just came out. Like, I don't remember any controversies or anything. So that like is another added layer. But people, like, people, people will make up stuff sometimes yeah. or just pile on or have misinformation. So like, yeah, I, hey, I fully believe that 100% because Olivia Wilde is a female, especially a prominent female director now who is getting more and more buzz as being someone that people are like, oh, I'm like interested to see what her next movie is. I believe that because she's female, she's getting unnecessary scrutiny unnecessary things said about her that aren't unfair. I just promise you they're from a vocal minority. Like they're not, it's not everyone. It's a vocal minority of stupid people. Somebody like you and and myself are still going to go see the movie and are going to judge it on the merits of the film. But I promise you, if that film sucks, you and I will be talking about this controversy again. Because that's what happens. We will let you know. Because we have nothing else to talk about because your movie stank. If your movie's incredible, you know what we would not have mentioned once if Rami Malek gave the best performance ever uh, playing that person from Queen and the movie was incredible and, and for you and I both just loved it and it was great. We wouldn't be talking about Sacha Baron Cohen and how he should have been in that role. Right? We just would you would that's you forget it. No matter how much you're biased towards something, good art stops the conversation and for some reason people don't understand that they just think no 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 you're being biased you're being biased no if it's really good i don't care <laughs> like if it's about good movie it can shatter biases and expectations so i'm very fascinated to see this movie now because it's either going to make us continue to talk about all this or we're going to shut up and just talk about a really really good movie which it looks good so it looks we'll good i think it's a lot of great people out- it too yeah, good cast, stacked cast. It's coming out in about two weeks. I think now that... Really? That yeah, soon? Oh. Yeah. Jeez, maybe. they got to market these things. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's... I think some of this stuff is fabricated 
uh, outrage. You know what I mean? Like that's like mm. some of the like some of the commentary is like, why are we seeing like why is this the only thing we've seen in the headlines the last three weeks? Well, because the movie's coming out in two weeks. But again, Olivia, take your foot out of your mouth. <laughs> Just talk about the movie, talk about the production, but don't get into any of the nitty gritty. One thing before we move on, um, Mike, what a different tone if Shia LaBeouf was cast as the lead versus Harry Styles. Now, I know you don't know who Harry Styles is. I know who Shia LaBeouf is, though. Yeah. So, like, Shia LaBeouf versus, like, the most, one of the most famous pop singers currently right so like that's weird (laughs) i don't know like that already i'm like huh that would have been a very different movie and i feel like going in i'm gonna like be constantly now like that's again like foot and mouth olivia now everyone's gonna just think what this movie would have been like if shia didn't quit yeah he and he does have a very specific style and he's a very specific kind of actor now at least um I mean, <laughs> I, I could, I just, I'm trying to imagine back in the days when I would direct, obviously not superstars like Shia LaBeouf, but like if, if I had an actor who was like, well, we got to change the way the production schedule is going because of my acting style, I would probably be like, no, <laughs> like, I don't care what your quote unquote acting style is. The production calendar is based on a hundred people who need to move through things a certain way. And I'm sure they, like, every film has rehearsals of some point in time. So I'm sure it was, like, not enough or not in the way he wanted them or whatever. Like, I'm sure there's more nuance to it than that. But if it's not a reasonable request, I'm, like, my instinct would be to say no. So I don't know, like, he's such a strange actor that I I don't, I wouldn't judge someone for not wanting to work with. A strange guy. Yeah, he is. He's very strange. So, and he he can be great. I've seen him in fantastic movies. He can be good. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him again in a movie, and I like to see people be successful. Um, But yeah, what a what a different. I mean, yeah, I don't know who Harry Styles is, but I assume he's not like Shia LaBeouf. No, no. Like even in terms of looks, like looks alone, like very different physicality yeah like I, I don't know just so strange so I'm dying now I'm dying to see the movie of course I'm gonna be like instantly comparing Harry Styles to Shia LaBeouf um yeah so anyways that's that's instead of going to the movies this weekend Mike I was reading about the don't worry darling controversy okay so I just looked up the cast list on IMDb. Uh, and I see a picture of Harry Styles. And I, I just, okay. So Shia LaBeouf in the pictures on like IMDb and the most recent movies, he's always in like a ball cap, big beard, kind of scruffy looking. Yeah. The polar opposite of the, what I'm seeing from the trailer that's playing of Harry Styles and him here. I'm like, these two people could not be more polar opposites and I'm thinking, on how they look. When I read, when I first read the headline, because I knew, I didn't know Shia was originally attached to the project and was like fairly far along in production if they were already doing rehearsals, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, 
what? They were playing the same person? Like, was there a script rewrite? Like, just so, so different in tone. I must have, like, I mean, if they were like, okay, we're like clean shaven Shia LaBeouf, like get him look less scruffy and, and maybe. But even then, he still just physically looks so different. Right? Like he has like, such a goofy look to him almost all the time that it's just, it's hard. Like, to, I can see what you're saying. Like it's hard to imagine. I like, I'm like, oh, that would make sense because he can be pretty sinister. Whereas, like, you don't get sinister from Harry Styles. I don't know. I just think it's, like, that was wild to me. I thought, like, were these different scripts? Like, why do... To me, it's, like, a 180 in terms of casting. But... And you know what? And the original... Olivia was like, I was dying to work with Shia LaBeouf. I wanted him so badly for this role. And, like, okay, so why didn't you just hire someone with, like, a similar... I don't know. Like, it just seems so... Like, so oh, you know, I can't have my first know, choice. So I'm going to go with the most popular pop star in the world instead. So you know who Harry Styles is, or how I will how I will know him now. I see him. He is playing Thanos's brother in the MCU. Yeah. Oh, like I should Marvel. have told so, you that. Yeah. So he he appeared in a in an end credit scene as Thanos's brother, and it's very funny because I was watching this movie with someone, and. In, in the movie, there were five or six cameos in a row. And they were Patrick Stewart, John Krasinski, um, Haley Atwell, like somewhat recognizable to pretty recognizable stars. And, and, and she, she was like, who are these people and why are people cheering? Like that was the reaction. And at the end of the movie, when Harry Styles popped up, she turns and says, why is Harry Styles in this? And I thought <laughs> the only person I don't recognize is the only person you recognize from all these cameos, which I think is pretty funny. Um, because it's like, I didn't know who Harry Styles was, but now, okay, yeah, so he was in Dunkirk, he's Thanos' brother, he's in this movie, I do recognize him uh, from various And so, Mike, that's some of the, um, some of the controversy around wages, is that, like, Harry Styles gets more money just because he's an international pop star. Florence, which he Pugh, shouldn't. Like yeah, Florence, Florence Pugh's a pretty big star. He's an Academy uh, nominate. She's an Academy Award nominated actress. So like that's like it's like little things like that. And then there's also controversy about the sex scenes. <laughs> like it's like Mike, do yourself a favor and do some before I'm bedtime some reading. Research. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, this is all I'm gonna until this movie comes out. I'm gonna look into this. Like, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, okay, we've got we do have one fan question this week, and then I've got a little update for everybody just on our uh, our big episode coming up in two weeks. Um, we some of the voting has happened, um, and just to remind people, not all the topics that we're going to be covering on the show are in the vote because we knew some of the topics with people beforehand. So this was only the ones we were like, hey, you have a chance to vote. So quick update on that. Um, it looks like. Now, it's, pretty, it's still pretty close, but Tyler Vance is either going to be talking about Star Trek or he's going to pick a Tyler Vance movie. See, They're about what? tied, actually, right now. Even our fans don't want to hear her smell. No, yeah. even our fans, not one vote for the, her smell. No, not thanks. One vote for her smell. Um, and then so far for uh, Nicole, it looks like 
best movie biopic is winning. Okay. Um, we're going to be closing these votes in a couple of days because we got to give people time and we've got some only a couple weeks to record. So the, this is what's looking like it. Um, for Matt, uh, Teen Flicks is currently leading. Solid. Uh, by quite a bit. So it looks like we're not going to talk about teen movies. Um, and then for Katie, well, this is pretty close, but book adapt- best book adaptation of a movie is is leading with why is Tom Hanks great coming in very close in second. So that might come down to the wire as well. Um, but that's some of the results so far. So it looks like Matt will be talking about teen flicks and Nicole about movie bio, like music biopics and some of the best ones. And then it looks like the Katie Tyler ones will be very close. So how long do people have to vote till? Well, probably by end of day of this podcast coming out, like, you know, it comes out on Tuesday, so we're probably going to have to close it end of day um, just so we're going to have to do some recordings next week. So just to give our guests about a week um, to do that, we'll do some recordings next week and some the week after. So we'll close it off end of – so you, if you're listening to this podcast right on a Tuesday, you basically have till end of day today um, to get the votes in to try to persuade. Because it's very – it is cl- – like the Tyler Vance one is, is I think they're, they're – well, they're tied – and then right now there's only one vote difference between uh, the book, best book adaptation and wise time is great. So okay. one, one day left to get those votes in. Uh, question from Josh, the inquisitor as usual. Um, he says, oh, hey, since both of your films are with first time film directors, you both get the same question. How did BJ Novak slash JJ Perry do in their directorial debut. So Josh wants to know specifically about how was the direction in the two movies. Oh, I hate these questions. Everyone knows I don't understand what directors do. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Olivia Wilde, like, I don't even know what Olivia Wilde's going to do with Don't Worry Darling. Whatever. I don't know. Well, uh... so, to me, <laughs> to, to, to me, direction is, is how... How is the tone of the movie yeah. and how it moves and how it's, how, you know, even be, even though an editor does the editing, a director has final say in what the cut of the movie looks like. So how, how is music used? How is the editing used? How, how are, what type of performances do you get at the actors? Which I do think is a 50-50 thing. I think you have a director who's trying to pull something out of an actor. So to me, like I look at, I, I can see a very clear difference when a line gets read if it's bad writing or bad delivery or, or it was put in in a bad way. And to me, that's the difference between writing and directing is if the line's a good line, but it was used poorly, then that's what I put to direction. So really it's, it's your overall movie going experience. To me, that's a director. That's what makes a good director is what's the, cause I bet you anything, Taylor bullet train, the script is not very good, but it, you enjoyed yourself. And I think that speaks to, casting, directing, and them kind of making the movie look. So I don't know. I thought the dialogue was pretty good in Bullet Train. But okay, I haven't seen it yet. I'm just yeah. going off of the really weird trailers. But <laughs> I don't know. It's I also um, couldn't understand half of what the British actors were saying. So well, that could have been. Diction, that's important. Diction's important. So for to me, for me to answer this question, like B.J. Novak, I think did a good job as a director, but I don't think he should have been in the. Some more to come. I don't think he's a good actor. I don't think he's a good actor either. Like, I think he works in very specific roles. And I think if you had put someone else in this role, 
in in vengeance it would have actually elevated the movie it's a ben affleck situation all over again. yeah yeah like frankly he just should have been someone else because he as a director i actually thought the movie was quite well done like the movie itself was was kind of surprising actually um but i the whole time i thought I, it, you, he's just not likable enough like you needed someone in the main role of vengeance who's like a likable jerk like a really smarmy kind of too smart for his own good and holds it over people but is also very likable and i just don't think that he bj novak's a strong he's, enough actor he's just that. a little jerk yeah, like his, his role in The Office was perfect because he's yeah. just a little jerk. Like that's yeah. what Brian from The Office is. He's just like a little jerk. And that's perfect for B.J. Novak as a supporting role as a little jerk works very well. But I just don't think as like a leading man, he's got enough he, the, the, of that likability. I was trying to think watching it, like who who could have been in this role and really could have been anybody. But you just have to be able to be, I think, a little bit more likable and a little bit better. So the direction I had no problem it was mainly his acting. It might have been um, so. Dave Franco is in the movie I saw, um, mm. and I felt like he was kind of miscast for my movie. But I think Dave Franco can do that likable. Yeah, Dave Franco. That would have been good. Yes, if Dave Franco was in, it was in the movie that I saw. I think yeah, that that's a good choice. So, in terms of what was my director's name, I didn't look it up. JJ JJ Perry. I don't know. I think so. Um, I don't want to get too far into my review. This movie is. Pretty- well, you might as well transition into your review, actually. <laughs> Where we are time wise, we don't have any other fan questions. Yeah. Go ahead and transition into your review to answer those questions. <laughs> this movie was pretty forgettable. And so I guess you could say, like, some of that would come down to directing, obviously. I, so. I absolutely think that that's So, JJ needs a little bit more work. I think, like, in terms of, like, soundtrack, soundtrack was great. Like, even the premise was really good, but premise comes down to screenwriter, right? Um, so, yeah. the premise of the movie is that Jamie Foxx is a vampire hunter. And Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought this movie was just some, like, he was some beat cop who, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what it was. He's a vampire hunter. And, like, this is a universe where vampires are well known enough that there's a union for vampire hunters. But his family doesn't know what he does. So, like, I guess you could say, like, Buffy level of knowledge right like right, there's right. certain people who are in the know but like civilians don't know about vampires and stuff right um and so you find out that um he's a bit of a, a wild card so we got kicked out of the union um but union the union pays best so and his wife his ex-wife is threatening to move out of state unless he can cough up enough money for the kid to go um, to pay for her tuition and braces. Okay. Like, I don't. Right. <laughs> so, some of the, like some of the actual writing you're like, okay. So anyways, he needs <laughs> like, all right. So he needs um 10 grand in a week. And the only way he can get 10 grand is if he, you know, goes back to the union to get union prices um, hunting vampires. So, <laughs> and then the caveat being, the union will take him back, but he has to have a union representative follow him on the job. Oh, okay. So, like, it's kind of um, 
buddy it's like buddy comedy work comedy you know kind of level vampires (laughs) so like you're like wow that's a really great premise yeah yeah like that sounds funny like yeah so unfortunately jamie fox and dave franco they just didn't have the chemistry to pull it off Mm -hmm. in terms of so like again that might be poor direction right um could be um I don't know, but Jamie Foxx, I'm not super familiar with his work, and it might just be that he's not a good comedic actor. I don't know. He's he's been in quite a few things where he... I mean, yeah, I think he's... Most of the stuff that I could name that he's really good in are more dramas. Right. Um, But, you know, he's he's a pretty good actor, though. Like, I've seen him in a lot of different things, and I think he's quite, quite good. Snoop Dogg was in it. He was great. Snoop Dogg could be in anything and people are gonna is love snoop, it does snoop dog play a vampire he plays a vampire hunter a, <laughs> oh, he's cow- a, hunter. Okay. a cowboy vampire hunter <laughs> okay um <laughs> it then, sounds like it has all the pieces to make it work it does it, just, it does <laughs> and then there's another like i guess like the overall <laughs> subplot that's running through it is that vampires are trying to um uh they have a they're able to they have a sunscreen now that makes them go out into the sunlight so they're buying up all the real estate in this neighborhood in california and they're trying to like take over the day but uh so like it like you're like okay that's kind of cool vampire lore i don't know i think they were trying to do too much Uh, again like i've talked about this like i feel like it's every review i've given in the last year and it's particularly bad when it comes to streaming is that there's no editing anymore. Like no one sat down and edited the script. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, like it was um, like they introduce one character very briefly. They then sh- it's like a very, very brief introduction. And then you see that character once more um, through a window and then in the third act, in the climax of the movie, they're like a major player in the climax of the movie. Like, Interesting. what? So, oh, mm, yeah, like, like that's, 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 that's poor, weird. that's poor yeah. writing, that's poor direction. That's like, it's so like, I just It's felt, like they didn't plan it out or something. They just like, oh yeah, we gotta. <laughs> yeah, like we know <laughs> this person. We know this person is going to be in the climax. So how do we dovetail so how do them we, in? How do we how do we shoehorn them somewhere into this movie? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and an then choice. That's Dave movie. Franco's character undergoes like a major change in the movie, and again, you're kind of like, what? Like, what? Like, why did they do that? I don't know. So like, to me, this movie was like it was kind of disappointing because like I like. I like a good um, horror comedy. So that's like what it is. It's like, it's, um, it's a comedy, but like with vampires, it's a lot more gruesome than I would like. I'm not squeamish, but I don't need like a lot of blood and gore in my horror movies. There was a ton of gore in this movie. Like not enough that I was like, oh, I need to look away. But like gratuitous, you know what I mean? Gratuitous gore, um, horror gore. So that's a that's a warning to people who are squeamish. Um, the action scenes too long, you know what I mean? Like, um, like the vampire hunting scenes. I'm like, okay, let's let's wrap it up. You know what I mean? So overall, to me, this was 
it's like a skip it borderline airplane it mm. like it like i will say it's pretty forgettable like will i remember this movie in two months yeah. probably not yeah which is doesn't mean yeah the premise is so good mike mm-hmm. yeah that sounds really disappointing because the premise does sound really good and it does sound like premise wise it's like oh it's the perfect airplane movie but if it falls short and it's forgettable and it's not like there's just nothing there then yeah i mean i <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that to anyone <laughs> if it's just not, you know, doesn't have like, anything I to think go even, off. So. Like, even Jamie Foxx being cast as the lead is weird to me, in a way. Like, you just didn't, you just thought he wasn't, didn't really fit? Yeah, like, I think they should have gone with, like, an actual, like, known comedic actor, in my opinion. And, like... Yeah, I don't know. It was just a weird between Dave Franco and him. It might, you know what it is. It's probably I just didn't like their chemistry. But anyways, yeah. Wah wah. There you go. Yeah, that is disappointing considering uh, the premise. Um, So my movie Vengeance, which I knew, as I said, very little about until I stumbled upon a YouTube review um, from a reviewer that I like, and um, I watched it. I had yeah, I had to rent it because it's not really playing anywhere. It's an independent movie that B.J. Novak back directed and wrote, and it's not based on anything. And so it's an original movie. Um, and that, to me, what made it even more interesting to just see, like, what it, like, you don't see a lot of original movies right now. Um, so to kind of take a look at it. So the general premise of this movie is, so B.J. Novak is kind of this New York elitist kind of young dude who writes for... I can't remember if like one of the New York magazines or something, but then he wants to, and is starting a podcast. Um, and he, he, him and his very like jerky friends get together and talk about the world. Um, and he's dating or has only gone on about three dates with this girl who suddenly dies and her family who all live in Texas think that they were in a like more serious relationship. So he gets invited down there to the funeral. He feels like he can't say no. And then basically <laughs> has to go down there. Now, that's the premise of... of Good the premise. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I'll i tell you, though, it doesn't stop there. So that premise is, like, not the movie at all, <laughs> which is weird. So what happens is he does get down there, and you think it's going to be like a fish-out-of-water story. This kind of new york elitist guy is going to see this middle southern part of america where things are very very different there's going to be maybe some clashing but maybe he'll learn something in the end it goes way deeper than that so this movie is like really about it's it's not very political but it's about like social issues that are going on in the world today and bj novak meets these people and some of them are like stereotypical but every almost every person he meets has like layers beyond it. And it's about like his character discovering all these deeper things to people in Texas where he, where even at the beginning when he finds out he has to go to Texas, he's like, ugh, Texas. But then he just, he meets these people and the conversations and things they talk about are so much deeper than I thought the movie was going to go. I thought it was just fish out of water, going to be a comedy. There's some humor in it. Like he's easy. He was an office writer. So there's some of that office humor in the movie. But like awkward um, humor? Yes. Like there's this, <laughs> this scene made me laugh that I had to pause it. So he goes to the funeral. And then you know how they often sometimes will have pictures next to like a casket of like the person? Yes. Well, the picture they had was of her 
like kissing him on the cheek at like a bar. And that was the only picture that they had of her. Like she had moved to New York and been really kind of disconnected from the family. And all they found was this random thing. Like, you know, someone posted on Instagram right. where she's just like kissing the cheeks. So you can't even really see her face. And he's just got like an alcoholic beverage and is just like smiling at the camera. He's the photo. He's the, he's the photo. And it's what made me laugh was his reaction to it. He just kept staring at it. Like the whole time they're talking, he's just like making eye contact with the photo and just is in such disbelief. The funeral scene is just an example of like all these little humorous things that they do where there's just like this silly comedy and like ridiculous moments in it. But really like the movie is about something completely different. Like it's really about the social issues of today and people kind of reacting to it and connecting and and connecting in person. And like, so he meets one of the kind of big points of the movie. He meets Ashton Kutcher's character, who's this like, he's like this music executive guy that lives in Texas and like finds young stars and like helps them like record their music and stuff. And he's just like this typical cowboy kind of looking dude, but he no like is like really into high art and is really like deeper. Like he, again, they, the movie gives you this premise of like, Oh, he's going to be stereotypical. And he's going to be a like, redneck. And he's not. And he, one of like the things they talk about is, People who, you know, quote things on Instagram from Audrey Hepburn or um, Oscar Wilde and them saying like, but I bet you anything, none of them have seen their movies or plays or what have you. Like, that's kind of a big thing they, they talk about is like with the way people grab onto certain things. And like we, what we were talking about earlier of people just baking things up and throwing things out there just to pile on and be part of something. Um, and the movie really talks a lot about that. So it's like a very modern today relevant movie. And again, you got to remember this is all Americans skewed. So it's everything that's going on there. Um, but I was just, I was pleasantly surprised that the writing went that way and like made it a little bit deeper. And it's not just a fish out of water is story. It, and a, you know. Is it too on the nose though? Because that's what I felt with Mindy Kaling's uh, late night. And they're yeah, of the same is, school. <laughs> they wrote yeah, together. They right? are. Yes, so. they are. Yeah. I like, I think Mindy Kaling's um, a funnier writer than BJ Novak, but I think BJ Novak's a bit more of a deeper writer. Um, than Mindy Kaling because it is a little on the nose and there's a couple scenes where it's a little bit like again you have to (laughs) the thing that you have to kind of contextually understand about someone like BJ Novak is he's very much like his character in this where he's a New York elite so people from New York and people from California and these kind of bigger cities do kind of look down on the rest of America like it just happens so a lot of these movies are they believe they have to talk down to Like they have to spill it out or you're not going to understand or get it. And there's a little bit of on the nose stuff in here where it's just like really clearly explaining the themes um, because they probably think their audience is smart enough, which is unfortunate because I don't think you're giving enough credit to people who would watch really anything. But I, you know, someone who watches a lot of movies, I think we can figure things out a little bit better if if you're just, you know, you can do, you can be more subtle and it's going to still come across Um, But yes, there is a little bit of that. It does speak to that a little bit and it is a little bit like on the nose. Um, But I think what this movie does that Late Night didn't do um, well is dive into these things a little deeper and actually have a point to what they're trying to say. To try to explain 
something and try to get something out of it. Whereas late night, I don't know what we were supposed to get out of that movie. Um, now, with that being said, it's not perfect. Like, I still think the performance of BJ Novak, like, limited the movie quite a bit. Um, and it's not a see it for me because I think it was still missing a little bit. Like, I think it could have been more subtle. It didn't have to be as on the nose some of the times. Yeah, the acting of BJ Novak, I don't think, was strong enough. I think you needed somebody else in that role. Um, but other than that, the movie was was relatively enjoyable and a lot more of a surprise. So I'm giving it a stream it. Like, I think it's worth streaming if you're just kind of... It's, it's a pretty good transition movie out of the summer, actually, because it's not quite as deep as some of the movies we're going to get in the next couple of months, but as an in, like it's an independent film of clearly someone who really wanted to tell a specific story. Um, I think it's worth, like, it's kind of a nice end of summer transition movie. So makes, I'm going to give it a stream it. It's just, like, you're exactly explaining to me, describing to me the Ben Affleck syndrome, where, like, it just feels <laughs> like so much a Vanity Project where like, oh, I really wanted to tell this story. So I'm going to write, direct, and star. Like, that just makes yeah. me not want to. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, like even if. The thing is, if it was like a phenomenal actor, I'd be like, okay. But like, I just don't think Ben Affleck's a very good actor. And I've only seen. um. What's his name? BJ? BJ Novak? BJ Novak. BJ, I've only ever seen him in The Office, and, like, I do not like him in The Office. Like, (laughs) so, I'm just, like, really, like, you couldn't find another person to play. I don't know. Like, it just always really rubs me the wrong way, where the actor is, like, I'm gonna write, direct, and star. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, it's just the type of thing that if you try to do those multiple things, often one of those things is going to suffer. Um, and for whatever reason, certain people don't seem to get over that. Like, I I feel the same way about A Million Ways to Die in the West. It's a movie that's somewhat funny. I enjoy it. But if you had a comedian in the lead role instead of Seth MacFarlane for his own, like, vanity project, it would have been better. And I think that that's something that some creators who are interesting, who want to tell different stories, like Jordan Peele is not in any of his stuff. And that's because he's probably focusing behind the camera on directing and giving opportunities. Like that's a big thing for him. He wants to give opportunities, especially to black performers, because that's not what he had growing up. Like he's explained that a million times and it makes sense. But he's clearly someone who's like, I want to tell a certain story. I want to do it well. I'm going to give other people an opportunity, but he's not like, he's not even a a minor part in any of his movies. Like he's nowhere to be seen. And I think that's the better way to go about it. Like you're going to create something better. if You focus on direction. Yeah. So BJ stay behind the camera. (laughs) Yeah. So BJ, we know you're listening. Um, Go behind the camera. Because I do think the film, like he has, he has some potential as, as a young filmmaker as well, um, because he's, he's, the movie is, is pretty good. Him and Ben Um, Affleck. Take a break. Take a break. Um, but there you go. That uh, that brings us to the end of, of this week. Uh, Taylor, you've given me a couple films to look forward to, actually, which is nice. So um, that'll be kind of good coming up. But we're just a couple weeks away. September 13th, we've got a big episode. It's probably going to be a longer podcast and then a couple parts on uh, CFRC. So we might get part one one week, part two the next week. We still don't even know how long it's going to be. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be involved. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but thank you again, everybody, for listening. Go see some movies.
Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.